Section nineteen of a Romance of Two Worlds by Marie Corelli. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eleven A Miniature Creation. Part one. In my heaven-uplifted dream I thought I saw a circular spacious garden, in which all the lovely landscapes of a superior world appeared to form themselves by swift degrees. The longer I looked at it, the more beautiful it became, and a little star shone above it like a sun. Trees and flowers sprang up under my gaze, and all stretched themselves towards me as though for protection. Birds flew about and sang. Some of them tried to get as near as possible to the little sun they saw, and other living creatures began to move about in the shadows of the groves and on the fresh green grass. All the wonderful workings of nature, as known to us in the world, took place over again in this garden, which seemed somehow to belong to me, and I watched everything with a certain satisfaction and delight. Then the idea came to me, that the place would be fairer if there were either men or angels to inhabit it, and quick as light a whisper came to me, Create! And I thought in my dream that by the mere desire of my being, expressed in waves of electric warmth that floated downwards from me to the earth I possessed, my garden was suddenly filled with men, women, and children, each of whom had a small portion of myself in them, inasmuch as it was I who made them move and talk and occupy themselves in all manner of amusements. Many of them knelt down to me and prayed, and offered thanksgivings for having been created. But some of them went instead to the little star, which they called the sun, and thanked that, and prayed to that instead. Then others went and cut down the trees in the garden, and dug up stones, and built themselves little cities, where they all dwelt together like flocks of sheep, and ate, and drank, and made merry with the things I had given them. Then I thought that I increased their intelligence and quickness of perception, and by and by they grew so proud that they forgot everything but themselves. They ceased to remember how they were created, and they cared no more to offer praises to their little son that through me gave them light and heat. But because something of my essence still was in them, they always instinctively sought to worship a superior creature to themselves, and puzzling themselves in their folly, they made hideous images of wood and clay, unlike anything in heaven or earth, and offered sacrifices and prayer to these lifeless puppets, instead of to me. Then I turned away my eyes in sorrow and pity, but never in anger, for I could not be wrathful with these children of my own creation, and when I thus turned away my eyes, all manner of evil came upon the once fair scene, pestilence and storm, disease and vice, a dark shadow stole between my little world and me, the shadow of the people's own wickedness, and as every delicate fibre of my spiritual being repelled evil by the necessity of the pure light in which I dwelt serene, I waited patiently for the mists to clear, so that I might again behold the beauty of my garden. Suddenly a soft clamour smote upon my sense of hearing, and a slender stream of light, like a connecting ray, seemed to be flung upwards through the darkness that hid me from the people i had created and loved i knew the sound it was the mingled music of the prayers of children an infinite pity and pleasure touched me my being thrilled with love and tenderness and yielding to these little ones who asked for my protection i turned my eyes again towards the garden i had designed for fairness and pleasure but alas how changed it had become no longer fresh and sweet the people had turned it into a wilderness. 
they had divided it into small portions and in so doing had divided themselves into separate companies called nations all of whom fought with each other fiercely for their different little parterres or flower-beds some haggled and talked incessantly over the mere possession of a stone which they called a rock others busied themselves in digging a little yellow metal out of the earth which when once obtained seemed to make the owners of it mad for they straightway forgot everything else as i looked the darkness between me and my creation grew denser and was only pierced at last by those long wide shafts of radiance caused by the innocent prayers of those who still remembered me and i was full of regret for i saw my people wandering hither and thither restless and dissatisfied perplexed by their own errors and caring nothing for the love i bore them then some of them advanced and began to question why they had been created forgetting completely how their lives had been originally designed by me for happiness love and wisdom then they accused me of their existence of evil refusing to see that where there is light there is also darkness and that darkness is the rival force of the universe whence cometh silently the unnameable oblivion of souls they could not see my self-willed children that they had of their own desire sought the darkness and found it and now because it gloomed above them like a pall they refused to believe in the light where still i was loving and striving to attract them still yet it was not all darkness and i knew that even what there was might be repelled and cleared away if only my people would turn towards me once more so i sent down upon them all possible blessings some they rejected angrily some they snatched at and threw away again as though they were poor and trivial none of them were they thankful for and none did they desire to keep and the darkness above them deepened while my anxious pity and love for them increased for how could i turn altogether away from them as long as but a few remembered me there were some of these weak children of mine who loved and honoured me so well that they absorbed some of my light into themselves and became heroes poets musicians teachers of high and noble thought and unselfish devoted martyrs for the sake of the reverence they bore me they were women pure and sweet who wore their existence as innocently as lilies and who turned to me to seek protection not for themselves but for those they loved there were little children whose asking voices were like waves of delicious music to my being and for whom i had a surpassing tenderness and yet all these were a mere handful compared to the numbers who denied my existence and who had wilfully crushed out and repelled every spark of my essence in themselves and as i contemplated this the voice i had heard at the commencement of my dream rushed towards me like a mighty wind broken through by thunder destroy a great pity and love possessed me in deep awe yet solemn earnestness i pleaded with that vast commanding voice bid me not destroy i implored command me not to disperse into nothingness these children of my fancy some of whom yet love and trust to me for safety let me strive once more to bring them out of their darkness into the light to bring them to the happiness i designed them to enjoy they have not all forgotten me let me give them more time for thought and recollection again the great voice shook the air they love darkness rather than light they love the perishable earth of which they are in part composed better than the germ of immortality with which they were in the beginning endowed 
this garden of thine is but a caprice of thy intelligence the creatures that inhabit it are soulless and unworthy and are an offence to that indestructible radiance of which thou art one ray therefore i say unto thee again destroy my yearning love grew stronger and i pleaded with renewed force o oh, thou unseen glory i cried thou who hast filled me with this emotion of love and pity which permeates and supports my existence how canst thou bid me take this sudden revenge upon my frail creation no caprice was it that caused me to design it nothing but a thought of love and a desire of beauty even yet i will fulfil my plan even yet shall these erring children of mine return to me in time with patience while one of them still lifts a hand in prayer to me or gratitude i cannot destroy bid me rather sink into the darkness of the uttermost deep of shadow only let me save these feeble little ones from destruction the voice replied not a flashing opal brilliancy shot across the light in which i rested and i beheld an angel grand lofty majestic with a countenance in which shone the lustre of a myriad summer mornings a spirit that art escaped from the sorrowful star it said in accents clear and sonorous wouldst thou indeed be content to suffer the loss of heavenly joy and peace in order to rescue thy perishing creation i would i answered if i understood death i would die to save one of those frail creatures who seek to know me and yet cannot find me through the darkness they have brought upon themselves to die said the angel to understand death thou wouldst need to become one of them to take upon thyself their form to imprison all that brilliancy of which thou art now composed into a mean and common case of clay and even if thou couldst accomplish this would thy children know thee or receive thee nay but if i could suffer shame by them i cried impetuously i could not suffer sin my being would be incapable of error and i would show these creatures of mine the bliss of purity the joy of wisdom the ecstasy of light the certainty of immortality if they followed me and then i would die to show them death is easy and that in dying they would come to me and find their happiness for ever the stature of the angel grew more lofty and magnificent and its star-like eyes flashed fire then o oh, thou wanderer from the earth it said understandest thou not the christ a deep awe trembled through me meanwhile the garden i had thought a world appeared to roll up like a cloudy scroll and vanished and i knew that it had been a vision and no more o oh, doubting and foolish spirit went on the angel thou who art but one point of living light in the supreme radiance even thou wouldst consent to immure thyself in the darkness of mortality for sake of thy fancied creation even thou wouldst submit to suffer and to die in order to show the frail children of thy dream a purely sinless and spiritual example even thou hast had the courage to plead with the one all-sufficing voice against the destruction of what to thee was but a mirage floating in this ether even thou hast had love forgiveness pity even thou wouldst be willing to dwell among the creatures of thy fancy as one of them knowing in thy inner self that by doing so thy spiritual presence would have marked thy little world for ever as sanctified and impossible to destroy even thou wouldst sacrifice a glory to answer a child's prayer even thou wouldst have patience 
and yet thou hast dared to deny to god those attributes which thou thyself dost possess he is so great and vast thou so small and slight for the love thou feelest throbbing through thy being he is the very commencement and perfection of all love if thou hast pity he has ten thousand times more pity if thou canst forgive remember that from him flows all thy power of forgiveness there is nothing thou canst do even at the highest height of spiritual perfection that he cannot surpass by a thousand million fold neither shalt thou refuse to believe that he can also suffer know that nothing is more godlike than unselfish sorrow and the grief of the creator over one erring human soul is as vast as he himself is vast why wouldst thou make of him a being destitute of the best emotions that he himself bestows upon thee thou wouldst have entered into thy dream-world and lived in it and died in it if by so doing thou couldst have drawn one of thy creatures back to the love of thee and wilt thou not receive the christ i bowed my head and a flood of joy rushed through me i believe i believe and i love i murmured desert me not o radiant angel i feel and know that all these wonders must soon pass away from my sight but wilt thou also go the angel smiled and touched me i am thy guardian it said i have been with thee always i can never leave thee so long as thy soul seeks spiritual figs asleep or awake on earth wherever thou art i also am there have been times when i have warned thee and thou wouldst not listen when i have tried to draw thee onward and thou wouldst not come but now i fear no more thy disobedience for thy restlessness is past come with me it is permitted thee to see far off the vision of the last circle the glorious figure raised me gently by the hand and we floated on and on higher and higher past little circles which my guide told me were all solar systems though they looked nothing but slender garlands of fire so rapidly did they revolve and so swiftly did we pass them higher and higher we went till even to my untiring spirit the way seemed long beautiful creatures in human shape but as delicate as gossamer passed us every now and then some in bands of twos and threes some alone and the higher we soared the more dazzlingly lovely these inhabitants of the air seemed to be they are all born of the great circle my guardian angel explained to me and to them is given the power of communicating high thought or inspiration among them are the spirits of music of poesy of prophecy and of all art ever known in all worlds the success of their teaching depends on how much purity and unselfishness there is in the soul to which they whisper their divine messages messages as brief as telegrams which must be listened to with entire attention and acted upon at once or the lesson is lost and may never come again just then i saw a shape coming towards me as of a lovely fair-haired child who seemed to be playing soft on a strange glittering instrument like a broken cloud strung through with sunbeams heedless of consequences i caught at its misty robe in a wild effort to detain it it obeyed my touch and turned its deeply luminous eyes first upon me and then upon the angel who accompanied my flight what seekest thou it asked in a voice like the murmuring of the wind among the flowers music i answered sing me thy melodies fill me with harmonies divine and unreachable and i will strive to be worthy of thy teachings 
the young shape smiled and drew closer towards me thy wish is granted sister spirit it replied the pity i shall feel for thy fate when thou art again pent in clay shall be taught thee in minor music thou shalt possess the secret of unwritten sound and i will sing to thee and bring thee comfort on earth call but my name eon and thou shalt behold me for thy longing voice is known to the children of music and hath often shaken the vibrating light wherein they dwell fear not as long as thou dost love me i am thine and parting slowly still smiling the lovely vision with its small radiant hands ever wandering among the starry strings of its cloud-like lyre floated onward end of section nineteen